This is News Source 1 Michiana. Your balanced source of news for the community. Welcome to Michiana Speak Out with Keith Thews. An interactive podcast where we can talk to you or you can speak to us. The show begins right after the national news. News Nation This Hour, I'm Vic Vaughn. The U.S. is calling upon Western nations to remain unified against what it calls relentless Russian aggression towards Ukraine. Some European allies are now pledging Russian sanctions if it invades. Britain and Turkey have agreed to supply military equipment to Ukraine, whereas Germany is firmly against the move. Many European allies are also reluctant to enforce economic penalties, as they could backfire and damage their own economies. There are concerns as well of jeopardizing access to Russian gas if sanctions against Russia are put in place. I'm Karen Chamas. The United Nations is reporting severe devastation in Tonga from an undersea volcanic explosion over the weekend. The UN's Jonathan Veach is in Fiji. It seems that houses, all houses were destroyed on Mango Island and we have to count exactly how many that is and and exactly what the population was that's being displaced and evacuated. Workers are trying to get food and supplies to those hardest hit areas. Ford Motor Company's recalling 200,000 cars in the U.S., impacting some 2014 and 15 Fusions, the Lincoln MKZ, and 2015 Mustangs. A rubber brake pedal part can reportedly disintegrate, keeping the lights from turning off and confusing other drivers. And drivers with automatic transmissions can shift out of park gear without having their foot on the brake when the clutch pedal bumpers lose their integrity. Owners can take their vehicles to a dealer for replacement. I'm Jennifer King. Construction of new homes in the U.S. rose for a third straight month. The December increase puts home construction at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.7 million units, according to the Commerce Department. Applications for building permits rose a whopping 9.1 percent to a seasonally adjusted rate of 1.87 million units. That's the strongest month for permits since January of last year. I'm Julie Walker. The only woman ever officially drafted by an NBA team, Lucia Harris has died. News Nation's Nick Smith. The key word here is officially. During the 1970s, Harris led the Delta State women's basketball team to three straight national championships. She was so good, she was selected to the Olympic team in 1976. But it was the next year that her talent transcended gender boundaries and broke glass ceilings. The New Orleans Jazz selected her in the seventh round of the 1977 NBA draft. Harris turned down the offer and started a family. Lucia Harris was 66. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and the News Nation Now app. I'm Vic Vaughn. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is again urging Russian President Vladimir Putin to de-escalate tensions along the Russian border with Ukraine, where more than 100,000 troops are currently massed. The Secretary of State was in Kiev today for talks with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, 24 hours after the White House said a Russian invasion of Ukraine could come at any point. The Secretary of State told reporters there are only signs of Russian forces continuing to build. We know that there are plans in place to increase that force even more on very short notice, and that gives uh, President Putin the capacity, also on very short notice, uh, to take further aggressive action uh, against Ukraine. And I strongly, strongly hope that we can keep this on a diplomatic and uh, peaceful path.
Tomorrow, Mr Blinken will meet foreign ministers from the UK, France and Germany. He'll have face-to-face crisis meetings with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov in Geneva on Friday. He said today the US will not present the Russians with the written answers they've demanded to the national security questions they've raised. President Biden is expected to discuss Ukraine and a host of other issues when he holds a news conference at the White House later today. In other news, Britain's beleaguered Prime Minister Boris Johnson suffered another political blow today. A lawmaker from his governing Conservative Party switched sides and joined the opposition. And one of the Prime Minister's fellow Conservatives, former Government Minister David Davis, urged him to resign. I expect my leaders to shoulder the responsibility for the actions they take. You have sat there too long for all the good you have done. In the name of God, go. The Prime Minister is refusing to go, but he did announce an easing of COVID-19 restrictions today. New York's Attorney General says she has amassed evidence showing Donald Trump's business empire committed fraudulent or misleading business practices to misrepresent the value of its assets. From FSN's bureau in New York, Will Denzelow reports. In a court filing, New York Attorney General Letitia James accused the Trump business of misstating the value of six properties to the IRS insurers and lenders. In a statement, the Democrats said the former president and the Trump business did so fraudulently for economic benefit. A spokesperson for the Trump organization caused the claims politically motivated and baseless. Last month, Donald Trump filed a lawsuit against James in a bid to block her civil investigation. She's issued a subpoena to question Trump and his children Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka. In 2020, she questioned Trump's son Eric. Court filings show he invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination for more than 500 questions. James's civil investigation is running parallel to a criminal probe into Trump's business practices. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. How ugly will things get if Russia does invade Ukraine? Today and tomorrow, we're going to hear from our old friend Matt Fry, presenter and Europe editor of Britain's Channel 4 News. He's just back from the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, where he says there is a determination to see off the Russian threat. People are determined to fight. That if the Russians were to roll in with an occupying force, tanks across the border, troops across the border, the Ukrainians will fight back. And they're in a much better position to do so. Remember, the Americans have piled in, you know, $4.5 billion worth of Javelin anti-tank missiles, helicopter gunships, all sorts of hardware. And so they're much more equipped and they're much more determined. And it will become an incredibly ugly war of, uh, you know, attrition, guerrilla war, if you like, in the big cities around Ukraine. The second point is this. The minute Ukraine is occupied or attacked big scale by the Russians, you will then have Poland and the Baltic Republics, also former satellite states of the Soviet Union, feeling incredibly vulnerable. It will literally upset the whole security arrangement that has been in place in Eastern Europe since the fall of the Soviet Union. Tomorrow, Matt looks at NATO's role in all of this. Would they ever even want Ukraine to join the alliance? 
The main news again. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is again urging Russian President Vladimir Putin to de-escalate tensions along the border with Ukraine. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is refusing to resign after a former government minister urged him publicly today to quit. And New York's Attorney General says she's amassed evidence showing Donald Trump's business empire committed fraudulent or misleading business practices to misrepresent the value of its assets. And that is the latest Feature Story News. Simon Marks reporting. Happy hump day. Heading home from work, or maybe if you're on second shift, maybe you're just toward the end of going to work. How's it going out there? My name is Keith Thews. And let's go ahead and get right to the weather information that you need, especially if you are in Berrien and Laporte counties. Winter weather advisory remains in effect from 6 p.m. EST slash 5 p.m. CST slash this evening to 6 p.m. EST slash 5 p.m. CST slash Thursday. What? Lake effect snow expected. Total snow accumulations of 3 to 7 inches. Locally higher amounts possible. Where? In Indiana, LaPorte County. In Michigan, Berrien County. When? From 6 p.m. EST slash 5 p.m. CST slash this evening to 6 p.m. EST slash 5 p.m. CST slash Thursday. Impacts, travel could be very difficult due to snow-covered roads and rapidly changing visibilities from both the falling snow and patchy blowing snow. The hazardous conditions will impact mainly the Thursday morning commute. Additional details, lake effect snow showers are expected to increase in coverage late this afternoon into early this evening downwind of Lake Michigan with little or no snow accumulations expected. One or more heavier bands of snow are expected tonight into Thursday over portions of Laporte and Berrien counties. Snowfall rates of 1 inch or more per hour will be possible late tonight into Thursday morning. Total snow amounts by late Thursday afternoon will vary greatly with the highest accumulations likely for southwestern Berrien County into northern Laporte County. Precautionary slash preparedness actions. Slow down and use caution while traveling. All right, that's the latest from the National Weather Service. So if you are in the uh, I-94 corridor or if you're on the toll road heading out in that lake effect zone, please, please, please exercise extreme caution we all know how things get over there on i-94 and it it never stops it continues every winter time so how's it going out there the cold weather has finally hit us in the last couple of hours the air mass has finally reached us the lake effect snow machine has begun so uh batten down the hatches and get ready for some very cold wind chills down into the teens and even maybe the upper single digits. My name is Keith Thews and you're listening to Michiana Speak Out on this, the 19th, the eve of one year of President Biden. Hard to believe tomorrow is one year that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris said their oaths and took over for Donald Trump and Mike Pence. And so I'm asking all of you to, tonight and to tomorrow, drop me a voicemail, give me your comments on one year of Biden in office, good, bad, ugly, but keep it clean. That's all I ask. Just keep it clean. So anyway, let us know and uh, run that link of the voicemail in Chrome. It works a lot better And uh, so you'll be on the air tomorrow if you drop me a voicemail 
in the voicemail. It says message. When you play on the, on the podcast, you've seen it's a message. Click on that and let me know what you think, whether you think he's doing a good job, horrible job, anywhere in between. And uh, we'll, we'll spend tomorrow unless what happens in Russia takes off. Uh, our focus will be on one year of the Biden presidency. And you'll hear my comments tomorrow on January 20th, 2022. Well, yesterday I said I was going to mention two items and stupid me forgot one of the two items. One is that we are running the Michael Medved show instead of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth. But the second thing was the eruption of the underwater volcano near Tonga in the Pacific Ocean. I shared with you this morning around my first break when I posted our podcast for this morning, albeit late. Can you believe how powerful that blast was? NPR, NPR is saying... 10 megatons, 500 times more powerful than the Hiroshima atomic bomb in World War II. 500 times more. Another article that I shared um, over the weekend was the city of Chicago and also Ireland encountered two blast waves on the barometric pressure readings at the National Weather Service and also at the meteorological, whatever they want to call it, over there in Ireland. Two of them. This thing was historic. And he built an island that was split in half. The underwater volcano filled it back in. Just unbelievable. Well, we do have an article from BreakingNewsEnglish.com on this. So let's go ahead and go to that. And then we'll go to a message and come back. And we'll get the latest on the situation in Russia from Channel 4 News. Tonga trying to clean up after tsunami and volcano. This is BreakingNewsEnglish.com. A cleanup operation has begun in Tonga after the island nation was hit by a tsunami and covered in volcanic ash at the weekend. The Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai undersea volcano erupted on Saturday. Experts believe it was the world's biggest volcanic eruption in over 30 years. It sent tsunami waves across the Pacific to Japan and the U.S. coast. It also destroyed large parts of Tonga. Islanders are now trying to restore services and normal life to the country. However, the ash is making this difficult. A lot of the rescue and recovery work cannot go ahead until the ash has been cleared. It has buried many buildings. It is also blocking many of the country's main roads. Tonga's government called the eruption from the volcano and the tsunami unprecedented. It said the twin disasters have severely affected life on the island. There is no internet because the only underwater cable connecting Tonga to the World Wide Web was cut by the eruption. Engineers are trying to restore full communications. It is also difficult to fly aid into the country because the airport is damaged. Tonga's government is worried that rescue efforts may bring COVID-19 into the country. Tonga shut down its borders to international travels in 2020. It said it was COVID-free before the tsunami. It now fears international aid workers could bring a tsunami of COVID-19 into the country. This is Shannon O'Reardon reporting from Mishawaka, Indiana. Looking for Dana Lash's absurd truth? 
It has been replaced by the Michael Medved Show here on News Source 1 Michiana. News Source 1 Michiana is actively monitoring the Russia-Ukraine border crisis and will keep you informed on the latest developments on our Facebook group. This is a serious global issue to follow. Stay tuned for more. A shipment of British short-range anti-tank weapons has arrived in Ukraine, escorted by military trainers. A contribution to Ukraine's self-defense, according to the British Defense Secretary. On Russian television, they say Ben Wallace is just unloading obsolete kit, far less advanced than the Americans' javelin anti-armor system. In the absence as yet of a physical invasion of Ukraine, mockery is one of the Russians' favorite weapons. Hello, nice to meet you. Today, the U.S. Secretary of State greeted the Ukrainian president in Kiev at the beginning of this week's round of diplomacy. The Ukrainians resent being sidelined in talks between the U.S. and Russia about a potential war on their soil, hence today's meeting. But they're grateful for U.S. military support. This assistance not only demonstrates support to our strategic plans for Ukraine to join NATO, but more importantly to improve the level and resource capability of our army. At a press conference, the U.S. Secretary of State was trying to tread the line between diplomacy and threat towards Russia. We will continue our relentless diplomatic efforts to prevent renewed aggression and to bolster Ukraine's ability to defend itself and make clear the costs that the United States and Europe will impose on Moscow if it rejects the diplomatic path that we've laid out uh, and uh, proceeds with an unwarranted, unprovoked, unacceptable invasion or destabilization of Ukraine. Across the border from Ukraine in Belarus, Russian forces were welcomed today with traditional bread and salt. The two allies are starting military exercises. Purely defensive, you understand. The timing? Insignificant. They say it's Ukraine and its NATO allies who are the belligerents and are demanding that NATO pledge never to admit Ukraine. But at a Russian diplomatic forum, there was an attempt to lower the tension. Another example of how hard it is to read Russian intentions. There is uh, no risk of a larger scale war uh, to start to unfold in Europe or elsewhere. Uh, we do not want and will not uh, take any action of aggressive character. We will not attack, strike, invade, quote-unquote, whatever, Ukraine. After today's meetings, Secretary Blinken heads to Berlin to get the new German government on side before meeting his Russian counterpart in Geneva on Friday. All the while, Russian armor is building up in Belarus, another potential entry point to Ukraine. So will they invade or won't they? President Putin has the whole world guessing, which is exactly what he wants. And we here at News Source 1 Michiana will continue to actively 
inform you of the latest developments over in Europe as this crisis continues. Stay with us. Please share our podcast. We really appreciate those of you who have tuned in to see what's going on with the weather or see what's going on with Russia or whatever else. Thank you on behalf of us at the station. Please share our podcast and please share our station. We have a lot of neat programs to offer for you on the conservative and the liberal side. We have the Eric Erickson Show. We have the Michael Medved Show. We have a program liner for that. Um, we also offer uh, Axios Today and the Bill Press Podcast, just to name a few. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up today from Paul Harvey. Good day. See you tomorrow on the Biden anniversary special. Today's rest of the story. Once upon a time, there was a town, a whole town, that spelled culture with a capital C. In the first place, it was a very old town, as North American communities go. Age, after all, breeds historical relevance and venerability. Yet it was in other more specific ways that this stuffy little city came to regard culture so highly. One had but to look around. Everywhere, grand and graceful classical architecture inspired by that of ancient Greece, of course. One had but to converse with the townsfolk to learn their tastes. Great art, great literature and drama, great music, preferably symphonic music. It was a town gloriously questing after knowledge. Indeed, it embraced more than a dozen colleges and universities in which to pursue that objective. A whole town worshipping at the shrine of culture. Until one day a serpent slyly crept into the orchard. A counterculture threatening more than a hundred years of carefully encouraged elegance and sophistication. Although in reality it happened gradually, it seemed that overnight the community was at war with itself. It was a town divided. Now I don't know how the neighbors in your hometown took the Charleston when youngsters first started dancing the Charleston, or the big bands, or rock and roll, but I do know how the citizens of this one community reacted to all of the new music and to the country and western craze. That really upset everybody. They practically went up in flames. They called it hillbilly music, shocking, unsophisticated, primitive. They said it was primitive and twanging. They called it throbbing nonsense, and pretty soon the airwaves were dispatching this unwanted noise into the most distinguished homes. That was a frightening intrusion. Even the town's leading citizen, and that leading citizen just happened to be governor of the state, was growing very, very nervous. This had political implications. This hillbilly racket was a disgrace, he declared, and the notion was seconded far and wide. And to this day, the town is still divided between the tuxedos and the blue jeans, between the crepe Suzettes and the grits, the violins and the fiddles, and pretty evenly divided, though mostly peacefully divided now. Yet once upon a time, not all that many years ago, there was a genuine cultural cataclysm in those parts. There was a deafening sigh of dismay the day the hillbillies came to stay and brought their music with them to the Athens of the South, to the Tennessee town that hated country, 
to the super-sophisticated city on the banks of the Cumberland River called Nashville. <laughs> now you know the rest of the story. Thanks for watching. Check out some of our other videos and don't forget to like the video and subscribe. Just click the logo on the left. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-